It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And on today's show, we're going to be talking more about the Disney World plan. I know we've had a full week of Disney World on this podcast. On Monday, I outlined the entire plan. On Tuesday, I discussed what that plan means for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And Wednesday was a great conversation with Keith Smith of Yahoo Sports, who broke this Disney World plan, who broke the news of this plan, and came on the show, talked all about it. He also talked about an interesting point with Chris Paul and the trade value that Chris Paul has. So Wednesday is a must-listen episode if you have not listened to it already. On today's show, I'm going to take the NBA GM survey from The Athletic, from Shams. I'm going to take that survey and give my opinion on it, and then... I'm going to give my predictions on what I think will happen once we return. And I'm going to do that because I think that, again, this is Thursday. I think that we're going to have an announcement by that Friday news dump around that 5 p.m. mark central time. I think we'll have a, an announcement from the NBA and maybe Monday morning. So I just want to get my final prediction because there's a ton going out right now uh, about what the NBA is going to do. Is it going to be a 1 through 16? Will it be just a traditional 1 through 8 each side? Will it be a group stage? I mean... If you can think of it, play in tournaments. If you can think of it, the NBA has thrown it out there. So I want to lay out my final prediction, what I hope will happen, and then what I think will happen. Uh, so this episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. You can go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order. So I find this survey interesting from Shams of The Athletic. You can go to TheAthletic.com right now and read this whole plan. I'm just going to read the questions because I think by now everyone kind of knows what these questions mean. Uh, let's start with number one, should we bring every team back? And again, this is just me answering, not predicting yet. I'll predict at the end. Should we bring every team back? I would vote yes on this one. Uh, regular season games, should we play 72 or 76? I would vote 72 on this one, although technically I would vote for 70, but that's not an option. Only 72 or 76, which is I find very strange because the number that has always been thrown out there has been that 70 mark to get to the regional TV deals, and then move forward from there after you cash out your regional networks. Uh, but I understand why people are hesitant to bring every team back. But it's like I said on Wednesday, if we're going to have everyone back in Disney World, if we're going to isolate, if we're going to test, if we're going to um, be taking precautions, if we're going to make sure everyone is safe, then I really don't see the the harm in going from, say, you know, 16 teams to 24 for the play-in to 30 for the regular season. And I, and I do that because, you know, I understand it's more people, and by nature that, that leads to more risk. But if we can assume the NBA will do everything in their power to make sure everyone is safe, 
and we can assume, which we know for a fact, that this part of the NBA is willing to bite the bullet on a few positive tests, then you can move forward and you can cash in these TV deals based on what would be best for the league. Because people keep saying you got to get in, you got to get out. Well, if we're isolating, if we test everyone coming in and we know who's coming in and coming out, if we're taking these precautions and we know what's happening in this bubble, I know they don't like to call it a bubble, but let's face it, to make this work, this has to be a bubble. What's the difference in staying two weeks versus, you know, two months? And you can say, hey, you know, I don't want Steph Curry to play, you know, go to Disney World to play five games. Ramp up his body to play five games. That's fine. And I addressed that on Monday of just saying, you know what, don't play those guys. Don't play a Steph Curry. Heck, if you're the, if you're the, the Hornets, don't play Devontae Graham, a second-year player. Because it's in your best interest to lose, but it's also in your best interest to get to that regional TV deal to get to that payout, to increase the salary cap as much as possible. But I will say, as the world turns, it it sounds like there's no way. There's just no way that all 30 teams are back. It really really sounds like that idea is done. The idea that's growing traction right now is the group stage, which I personally do not like that one. I, I like that one the least. I feel like that one is a little bit too gimmicky for my blood, Uh, But it's the one that I think is gaining the most traction. Uh, But we'll move on with the survey. So, again, this is just what I would do, what I would vote for if I was a GM. This is not my prediction. So, so far, I would bring every team back, and I would play 72 games. And then the questions asked, traditional, East versus West, or reseeding 1 through 16, I would go traditional. Because, here's the thing, if we, people keep throwing out there, hey, why not test this stuff now? Why not test, you know, all these different aspects of the game? No conferences, play-in tournaments, group stages. Why not test all of this right now? It's not an accurate test. It is not an accurate test. Number one, for East versus West, for eliminating those conferences, you're not traveling. So you're not getting the biggest aspect of all this is the travel. But equally as important as that is you're not getting an even schedule. And I know that no schedule is complete this year. Even in my voted for plan, no schedule is complete. What I'm saying is the Orlando Magic get to play the Cavs three or four times a year. The the Pelicans get to play the Cavs twice. If you played it all out evenly with an even schedule, then I think that the Pelicans and the the Blazers and other teams in the West are much better than the, the Nets and the Magic because they're already close right now, if you allow them to play these terrible East teams like the Magic got to play, they move up. Instead of having to play the Lakers and Clippers three or four times a year. If you're going to even it out that way with an even schedule, then we get a legitimate throwaway to conferences. Right now, it feels like if you did that, you would just be doing it for the sake of changing something. For the sake of saying you tried it. Or you'd be doing it that way you have leverage to in the offseason... Make that a permanent change, which I think is is a real motive here, is whatever they want to implement this year, it's not really about trying it this year. It's about having that leverage to to get the the votes needed to pass it as a as a full time as a full time add into the playoffs, adjustment to the playoffs. So again, 
the vote so far. Bring every team back. Play 72 games. And keep it traditional. Keep it East versus West. One through eight, East versus West. Roster expansion is a, is a funny one to me. It says that you know you can vote for anywhere between one to three additional spots. I, I struggle with this a little bit because in baseball, I understand why you would want to expand your rosters. In baseball, you need pitchers. You need time to stretch guys out in the bullpen. You need time to recover and everything like that. But in basketball, if we're going to race back to this playoffs, quote-unquote, but guys won't be ready to play, so we're going to have to play you know, Kevin Hervey 10 minutes a game in the playoffs, then that's not a playoffs that I would enjoy. Now, again, this can be just in preparation, just in flat preparation of an injury because you are going to shorten your rotation so much in the postseason like normal. Uh, my vote for this would just be uh, the expanded rosters. I would I would say uh, no to this, yes and no in a way, because I would say the next, uh, the next question being uh, about playoffs and the two-way contracts, I would tie these two together. So I would just say whoever you have in your two-way deals, they can come back with you and they can play with no restriction. Uh, there's no clause in there that you need to assign them to a full deal to get them in the playoffs and, and get them playoff eligible. Uh, there's no you know, days spent in the NBA. They have free reign to play just like they're on the active roster. No restrictions. It's like they're just a normal, full, fully guaranteed contract. That's how I would handle expanding the playoff roster. Because you also have to think that right now we're hearing people, whether it's legitimate or just being funny, they're, they're questioning Joel Embiid and, and, jo, and Jokic and, and even Harden, who's been in incredible, incredible shape this quarantine. He's been doing great work. And you can also read an article about that on The Athletic. Uh, but we've been wondering if these guys are staying in shape who are actively playing Joel Embiid, Jokic. We've been making fun of these guys a little bit on social media. And, you know, not myself, but people out there have. If we don't think they've been staying in shape, who are you going to add in free agency that's been staying in shape that hasn't played all year? So I, I think that what you do with expansions, if you really want to have that, go ahead and bring your two-way guys in here. Maybe some some guys, you like, like for the Thunder, maybe Lange Ball. And that sounds hilarious, but they did just sign him to the Oklahoma City Blue before the suspension. Uh, but I use some example because it's a name everyone knows. But bring someone up from your G League that's even not on a two-way deal. I can agree with that. I don't, I don't think free agents will be a big deal in this, even if this does go through where we do expand rosters. I think that you are going to promote from within from your G League affiliate. But to me, I just don't see how this is going to be useful. Again, in baseball, this is practical. But in basketball, you're already going to shorten your rotations. You're already going to play your star players the most. I guess if injuries happen, uh, but if we're expecting guys to just drop like flies to where we need to expand the, the, the playoffs rosters, then I'm not sure if this is the playoffs that anyone wants to be a part of. So I would say two-way guys get full reign to play. Other than that, Everyone is, is good to go. Everyone stays the same, I, I should say, on the rosters. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So one of the questions, again, was the two-way deals. Should two-way players be 
eligible for the playoffs. I obviously think that they should be. Uh, and I know that Thunder fans have a question about Lou Dort. You have to assume, now again, this is not confirmed. This is not me reporting this. You have to assume that the NBA would make an exception for Lou Dort, considering that the Thunder didn't sign him before the suspension, only because they figured they'd still have time to. So I think that the NBA would allow, if they didn't pass this rule automatically where 2A players are automatically eligible, because normally 2A players cannot play in the playoffs unless you sign them and convert them to a guaranteed contract, you would assume that even if they do not pass this, Lou Dort is still eligible to be signed up until the start of the postseason tour. Once training camp opens, once we get back into the swing of things with the NBA and we unfreeze the league, then Oklahoma City can just immediately re-sign Lou Dort, or excuse me, I should say, uh, convert Lou Dort to a full guaranteed contract because that's going to happen. And we all knew that that was going to happen. We just didn't know a pandemic was going to come and wipe out the NBA. So uh, I think that Lou Dort is going to be fine with all this, no matter if this vote passes or not. But I, I can't really see a reason why you wouldn't go ahead and just allow your two-way players to be eligible, given the fact that there's probably more Lou Dorts out there who haven't been converted yet due to the manipulation of the days in the NBA to where teams can wait on that. So I think that that teams will just allow the two A players to be eligible automatically. But for those of you worried about Lou Dort, I, I personally do not think there's anything to worry about because I, I think that, again, the NBA will understand the circumstance and they'll allow the Thunder to sign him once we get going in training camp. So the last question on this is the last end date for the season, the drop dead date for the season. This is when game seven of the NBA finals would be played. This is the final day of the season. And the options are interesting. You have Labor Day. You have September 15th, you have October 1st, October 15th, and November 1st. I'm going to do process of elimination here because here's, here's my thought process. There is no way that the NBA 2020-2021 season, there's no way that next season does not start on Christmas. I will bet my house on it. I will, I will bet anything you want to bet on 2020-2021 starting or projecting to start at least because, again, a second wave could come and this could all be moot, but... It's going to start and be scheduled to start on Christmas Day. That is the NBA's biggest day of the year. They have experience doing that with the lockout season. And that's really the only day on the calendar that the NBA truly owns in the regular season. That even casual NBA fans will watch the NBA all day long on that one day. That's the day that they own. That's the day that... that even football most years moves out moves out of the way. Now, this year, they scheduled a, a Christmas Day game, which I find just ridiculous, because considering that Christmas Day is on a Friday, so they went out of their way to put a game on Christmas Day. I, I wonder if the pandemic played into that and them thinking, hey, we can just go ahead and steal Christmas right now because we don't think the NBA will be ready uh, to play on Christmas. And they put two good teams on there. I think it's the Vikings and the Saints. Uh, but nonetheless, I do think that this season starts automatically on Christmas Day. That's the opening day of the NBA season next year. So that tells me we're not ending this season on November 1st. We're not ending this season on October 15th. We're probably not ending the season in October. So that leaves you Labor Day and September 15th. I would side towards Labor Day rather than September 15th. So I'm going to vote for Labor Day. I think that that's what's going to happen. And again, that's just using process of elimination because... Number one, to answer this question, you can't just have an opinion. You've got to really have some insight. And that's my insight into this is just I know that the NBA desperately wants next season to happen 
and to start on Christmas Day. Therefore, they're going to do everything in their power to make that happen, and Labor Day gives you the best shot. And let's just talk about this for a second before we move on. This offseason is going to be awesome. We're in the middle of, I, I would really, to put this in perspective, I would consider this the offseason because we're not going to get one this year. <laughs> because you're going to go from you know, a late July start time of the postseason. You're going to go from that to the NBA Finals ending sometime you know, in early September to the pre-draft process where teams are going to be interviewing prospects either virtually or in their facilities, working guys out, again, either virtually or in their facilities. You're going to need to do the draft. You're going to need to do free agency. You might possibly could have a fall league for the rookies instead of a summer league. I don't think that that's going to happen, but it's a possibility. And then you need media day, you need training camp, and then you need preseason, and then you need opening day, which I think is going to be on Christmas Day. So you look at that window, and from September, which is what I think will be the drop-dead date for the Game 7 of the Finals, from September, you know, whatever, 1st or 2nd or 5th, whatever, from there until Christmas Day is not a lot of time to squeeze in this entire offseason. So this is the down period for basketball right now. This is your cool-off period, because once we ramp back up, I don't think that we're going to stop until the 2021 Game 7 of the NBA Finals. I don't think we're going to stop until after the 2021 draft. I, I really don't think that we'll see a period, a long gated stretch of no content, no basketball. So if you are a basketball head, which I'm sure all of you are, who are taking the time to listen to this podcast in a pandemic, you're, you're about to be in for a huge treat. Because again, I think that this is our off season. You know, normally in August, you start getting scrapped for anything to cling to in terms of NBA content. You start going through a dead period in August and early September uh, where you're shifting into football, you're waiting for media days, you're waiting for breadcrumbs of the NBA, the free agency has passed. I don't think that we get any downtime. Again, once we start back in training camp, you know, for the re revamp of this season, once we start back up in training camp in June, I don't think there's any downtime until 2021 August, until next off season. So it's going to be really fun uh, to follow this entire season. Uh, on Locked on Thunder and on the Locked on Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked on NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked on NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So again, I wanted to give my predictions of what I think will happen, not what I want to happen, uh, not what I would vote for, which is what we did in the first segment. I want to give my prediction of what I think will actually happen because it's important to do this on Thursday to me is because I think that we're going to get an announcement late Friday evening, early Monday morning. Uh, so just so you know where I stand right now, and again, this can all change, so if you want to follow me on Twitter and keep up with my ever-changing thoughts with the more reports we get, that's at Ryland underscore Styles. Uh, but my predictions for on the court. Regular season? No. Again, I hope I'm wrong. I would love to see the regular season revamp because I think that that's really a fair way to do it. Number one, you get money for the TV contracts. Number two, uh, it's not just these bubble teams. Like, honestly, uh, Portland and New Orleans had a steep road ahead of them to get that eighth seed. Memphis was playing well. Uh, New Orleans was surging. But 
in actuality, mathematically, in the odds, they were not actually going to climb up and get that eight seed, I don't think. Uh, but in, in reality, you had a much better chance of seeing three through six shuffle every day, every, every passing day of the regular season from you know, from the day that it got suspended whenever, whenever Oklahoma City could have overtaken Utah for home court, literally the minutes before we suspended the season, minutes before we almost tipped off a ball game in Bricktown that could have had Oklahoma City winning that game and becoming the four seed. And if the suspension happens after that, then the Thunder are a four seed now uh, instead of a five seed once we revamp for the playoffs. So I think that that might be the most fair way to dictate all of that. Uh, but again, you can make the argument that, yeah, that makes sense, although the group stage kind of kind of does that a little bit and gives you the chance to to rework your seeding if you were in that jumbled mess of the West of three through six. But again, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that we do get regular season, but my prediction right now is no regular season. So what about a play-in style tournament? And full disclosure, I wrote this outline for the show, I think about noon uh, on Wednesday. I, I was going to say yes to this, to the play-in style tournament. But as the clock spun throughout the day Wednesday, and now I'm recording this uh, Wednesday night to post for you guys on Thursday morning, right now, I, I would say no, because I truly have this feeling from everything that The Ringer has reported, from, from Kevin O'Connor, uh, and, and even Zach Lowe's gotten in on it, even uh, Bobby Marks has gotten in on it, from everything I'm hearing, reading, consuming, the content I'm, I'm, I'm consuming, I really think that we're going to do the group stage. I really think the NBA will just put aside the play-in style tournament, which they've talked about doing for years, and jump all in on the group stage, which you know I don't like. I hope I'm wrong. I, I hate the group stage. I hate play-ins as well, but I'd rather see a play-in tournament than the group stage. But I think that the group stage, honestly, is going to happen. I really do. Uh, conferences, again, with the group stage, you can't do conferences because, you know, you're just going to do it based on tiers. So I'm going to say no there as well because I truly believe that we'll see the group stages. And then also, if we don't see group stages, I still don't think we're going to see conferences. I, I, I think that there's enough chatter out there to where it seems almost affirmative that we're not going to get traditional. Whatever this is going to be, it's not going to be traditional one through eight east-west, which, again, I don't like. You can say that's being too much of a traditionalist. I think that in this year, especially, you need to control the narrative. You need to control what you can control. You can't control that there was a uh, three-month layoff. You can't control that. What you can control is playing the playoffs as close to tradition as possible. That way, there's less to pick and prod at. That was, there's less to uh, point to as an explanation why this championship doesn't matter. Because again, someone, and I'm not going to go on this whole rant about who, uh, but someone, once whatever mapped, mapped out thing we get to, whatever uh, sort of revamp playoffs we get, whatever plan we get, someone's going to end up having an easier path to the finals than they otherwise would have. And we don't know who that's going to be yet. But someone, if we if we change it from the traditional one through eight east-west, someone's going to turn out to have an easier path and someone's going to turn out to have a harder path than they otherwise would have. So that just adds more fuel to the fire of the dreaded asterisks, which we've talked about all week long. I think I've said the word asterisks this week more than I've ever said in my entire life. 
But nonetheless, to recap, no regular season is my prediction. No play-in style tournament is my prediction. I predict that we will have a group stage with no conferences, no conferences allegiance at all, but we will see a group stage. My start date, my prediction for a start date for games is July 25th. That's a, that's a date that's been thrown out there a ton uh, within the NBA circles. It sounds right. Maybe a little bit later even, which I never expected because Shams did uh, point out this morning on Wednesday that, hey, you know, it could be early August that we start playing games, which, again, seems kind of odd to me. I would think that you'd want to start in mid-June, um, excuse me, mid-July, uh, to try to move this all along again to, to streamline this process enough to where you can play on Christmas Day, which I think is very important. It's very important to the NBA. Uh, so I'm going to say July 25th. I would say I'm the least confident, I think, in this prediction because of just what's been reported this morning about you know, we could see basketball not starting until August. Early, early August, but still August. Uh, expanded rosters, again, I'm going to say yes and no to this one. Uh, I'm going to say that the two-way guys can play no matter what, no restrictions, nothing. They're just, they're just added to the regular roster. I'm going to say no to... We're not going to just be adding free agents and adding random guys uh, and expanding your roster just out of nowhere. You're, you're just going to call up your two-way guys permanently without any penalties to you. Uh, so I think that yes and no on that one. And again, 2021 start date, 2020-2021 start date. I'm going to go Christmas. Again, they're going to do everything in their power to make Christmas happen. So that's my predictions for on the court. Uh, just a couple off-the-court predictions. Uh, media members, this is where the training camp is going to be interesting. Uh, normally in training camp, in a normal preseason setting, you get a ton of content. You get a ton of videos of guys working out, a ton of interviews, a ton of information. Uh, I, I don't think that that happens this year because I don't think we're going to see a ton of media being able to be led into the practice, practice facilities and especially led into that bubble. Uh, so I, I don't think that we'll see a ton of media. Uh, I'll, I'll put it like this. I think that the echelon of media members that you're going to see in this bubble are the elk of a Rachel Nichols or a Bill Simmons or a Woj or a Zach Lowe. Those people will have the option to go. People like me who can stroll up to Chesapeake and get in with the press pass, who can you know, go to the Thunder Ion and get in with the press pass. I'm not going to be asked to go down to Orlando. I wouldn't want to, but I'm still not going to be asked. So to put it in perspective here, uh, it's just going to be the, the normal media members uh, the big, big, big names that, that can go. Uh, I don't think that they're going to just allow anyone who can get a press pass to just go ahead and go. I really don't. It's going to be a very strict process. And you've got to be a Rachel Nichols type to get in. And I hope that she does go because she does great work. And it'd be fun to watch the jump from Disney World. I think that that'd be pretty awesome. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, uh, crowd noise is another prediction I want to have. Because I would assume... Once we get the information from the league of what's going to happen, uh, the broadcast partners will follow suit and let you know who's going to broadcast these games, who's going to be there, uh, things like that. Uh, are they going to do crowd noise for the broadcast? I'm going to say that they will uh, because I know that it's it's interesting for all of us who are just big you know, fans of basketball and real basketball nerds. And I say that lovingly. I'm a basketball nerd myself. Uh, but you're listening to a 30-minute-long podcast in quarantine about basketball whenever there's no basketball being played right now. So you're obviously a basketball nerd like myself to where you would love to hear the X's and O's and the, and the nitty-gritty of what's being said on the floor. However, the FCC would not like that. They would not like all the cussing. Allowing it to happen for the last dance on Sunday on 
ESPN rather than ABC is one thing. But allowing it for every single game and allowing players to say whatever they want to is a totally different avenue. And players themselves will not want it. I mean, you think about the brand that some of these players have built. When you're in the heat of battle, you're not really being brand conscious. And I don't mean that they're going to say anything to get canceled. uh, But if it's not in your nature to cuss out reporters and to cuss out people and to cuss publicly, uh, and then you say a cuss word on the floor out of just frustration or excitement uh, playing basketball, that's not something you want to represent yourself with uh, if that's kind of not your brand and your style uh, to where the players aren't really going to want this to be let out there. I mean, Keith Smith, Keith Smith put it best yesterday. We know LeBron cusses. He's cussed before in public, but he's not going to want to want you to hear him cuss left and right on the court. And then afterwards tell you to come see space jam. That's not the brand he wants to build. And then you can get into just the whole, you know, coaches won't want you to hear the play calls and things like that. Listen, I'm the sports information assistant for a division two program covering all sports including basketball, as you can imagine, the gyms aren't packed. And we can hear every play call that's being made at the scorer's table because the gym's not packed, it's not very loud. Our coach can hear their coach, and whenever he hears their coach call out a play, he knows the play, and we still don't stop it. So I I don't think that that would be as big of a deal as it sounds like, uh, you know, because, again, these coaches have studied this game and they've studied the film to where they know that when you throw up you know, horns, what's going to happen, or whenever you throw up your little whatever sign you're going to use to relay a play, what that sign means, uh, what that verbiage means. Uh, so, again, you can get into the hole. The coaches won't want it, but it's mainly just the cussing on the court. That's that's the biggest problem in all this. You need something to relegate the cussing. Because while you do still hear cussing on the court right now, as normal, you hear Carmelo Anthony go up for a rebound and just say, get the F out of here, and things like that. That's few and far between, and you still get some some random pauses. Whenever your sound goes out while you're watching an NBA game, it's not the fact that your TV provider sucks, although if you have certain networks, it might, uh, but it's the fact that someone in the producer room has hit a button to not allow you to hear what was just said because there's get the F out of here, and then there's a step too far. On a step too far, you go from hearing someone talk to hearing someone do this. And that, that little pause right there was whenever someone cussed and they cut it out because you're on tape delay. Uh, so there's that's your option. If, you, if you're if you pro no crowd noise, pro just letting me hear everything, then get ready to hear a lot of, of blank noise, a, a lot of spaces. Uh, get ready not to hear the broadcasters very much because you're going to have to be dumping them every two seconds. And so I think that they will do crowd noise. And music is interesting for the players, I think. You could probably pump in music, but... There's copyrights and things like that to where I don't know if ABC would have the the rights to play just random music in the background to drain out noise. I think that they'd be more apt to play some faint little crowd noise and things like that. It'll be an adjustment, but if you've watched Summer League, if you've watched mid-majors, if you've, if you've watched Division II basketball, you, you know how this is going to go. It'll be different because you know we'll hear the normal bang after a huge three, and no one will be there to celebrate it. And that'll be the first time that happens. That'll be different. But again, the prediction is only big media members and embedded crowd noise. Those are my predictions for off the court. On the court, no regular season, no play-in, but we will do a group stage. Oh my goodness. I will, listen, I'm going to be very upset, I guess, if we do do a group stage. I, I, I'm hoping that it's just a traditional playoffs. I really am. 
Uh, but it, again, it sounds like as of right now, again, this is uh, Wednesday night for a Thursday morning podcast. It sounds like right now we're going to get group stages. That, that's what my gut tells me right now. Uh, conferences, obviously, no, if we're going to do group stages. Start date, I would say July 25th still for the first game. But again, there are reports out there right now that it could be early August, which is in, incredibly interesting to me. Because again, I would have assumed that we're going to start in mid to late July, no matter what. Uh, expanded playoffs, expanded playoff rosters, I would say that they just allow the 2A players to be fully converted onto your regular roster with no restrictions. Uh, and then the start date for next season, I would still say Christmas. Uh, but that's my predictions for what's going to happen. And again, I do expect us to hear some news Friday evening uh, or at the latest Monday morning. Uh, so we'll figure out what to talk about on Friday if we don't have any news before then. But again, you can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Stiles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And I do appreciate everyone who's listened to this show, who has messaged me on Twitter. A lot of you over the past week since I've, since I've taken over this podcast have messaged me kind words and, and what you like about the show. And I really appreciate that as well, as I've told you privately. But I also want to give a, a brief little shout out to everyone who's been sliding into the DMs saying how much they appreciate the show because I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, subscribe wherever you get the show. Review the show on iTunes, five stars preferably. Uh, I appreciate everyone listening. Be good and be good to one another. And we'll see you tomorrow on the Locked On Thunder podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Download the Amazon Music app today.